I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Karen Stokendopoulos, and we talk about her new film, On the Inside of a Military Dictatorship. And again, you're going to hear me say the same thing. Fascinating film, engaging film, something you're going to want to see. A beautiful film on so many levels, and, and difficult at times to watch just because of the, the, the subject and, and what we're getting into. Burma, Myanmar, and Sung Suu Kyi's rule, uh, or lack thereof, as, as some might argue. And, and, and so Karen and I get into uh, some of the things that, that went on behind the making of the film and some of the issues that she worked through as she as she pieced this story together we talk about democratic reform and the rohingya refugee crisis and and uh we talk about democracy being being about letting the people decide and what has 70 years of armed conflict done to to myanmar and 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 why this is such a delicate issue and the good guys bad guys thing it's just it's not that polarized it's not that simple it's uh, we we get into trust and we, we, we talk about military dictatorships, and, and, and she interviews ex-military leaders and some fascinating conversations and some insights there. We talk about the privileges of a, a documentary filmmaker and, 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 and what goes on there, and we talk about compromises that, that leaders make when you're in power and, and, and personal interest and, and corruption and, and how just maybe we put this pers- per- particular leader on a pedestal and, 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 and what are the implications of that. So stay tuned for the conversation coming up. Don't forget, Dave davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and, and my speaking. You can order Real Change is Incremental there, a book that I published a few years ago. Would love for you to do that. And if you can support the work that I'm doing here with Face to Face through patreon.com, that would be um, a huge asset and a huge win for us. Please check that out if you're so inclined. And if you can't do that, I totally get it. Uh, would you mind leaving us a review on iTunes or or tweeting about us, sharing, sharing us uh, with your friends? Uh, we're trying to grow this community over here in a variety of different ways. And don't forget, you can advertise on face-to-face as well. That's another way we're trying
trying to generate some revenue here too. And rabble.ca, I appear on that platform. Check it out. Lots going on there, blogs, articles, uh, things that uh, will take you a little deeper into some of the issues. And believe me, there's lots. Rabble.ca, that's news for the rest of us. Coming right up, though, a conversation with Karen Stokendall-Polson about her new film on the inside of a military dictatorship. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here with us today uh, to talk about her new film on the inside of a military dictatorship. Karen Stokendahl Polson is here uh, direct from Hot Docs. Uh, Karen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. So, so the film uh, world premiere uh, in Copenhagen uh, not so long ago. Um, Canadian, certainly Canadian, North American, I guess, premiere here at Hot Docs. How tell tell us a little bit as you sort of probably want to talk a little bit about what the film's about tell us how it's being received and 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 um yeah i'd love to know you just you had your your premiere here in canada last night i had the premiere the international premiere here in toronto last night and it was a very very nice uh premiere and a very engaged audience Mm. um we had, I'd say, uh, a very, very nice um, Q&A that took us around in many different aspects of this film. I mean, it's, there were questions ranking from how do you see Aung San Suu Kyi today? How, how would you continue this film if you were to continue uh, telling the story of Burma? Interesting, interesting. And, and, yeah, and why did you choose? Because I, I'm taking quite a... I'm doing the narration of the film myself, and right. I actually step a lot into the story. And people had questions on, on that choice as well. So there was a really uh, a variety of questions and a, and a very interesting debate, I'd say. Even a lot of questions I haven't had before, which is always interesting. Um, um, yeah. So a fairly engaged audience. Well, that's good. Well, first of all, I'd like to say congratulations on the film. It's uh, it's a it's a beautiful film and it's uh, it's challenging to watch and it's it's engaging on so many levels and I was I was uh, I, what do they I was riveted I was I was stuck to the screen and and um, um, it, I think whoever asked you the question about the part two <laughs> or if you would have if you, you know if you had made a three hour film or you know a six hour film what where where might you have landed is I think a fascinating one. Well, there were so many issues that had to be, and aspects of this that had to be cut out. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, uh, this film takes us from uh, Burma's history from 2010 and up till today. And it's, it's uh, put in 10 chapters, and only in chapter 9 do we get into this uh, tragic crisis in Rakhine State, where the Rohingyas were mm-hmm. persecuted from the country. That uh, is of course one of the most difficult scenes to have edited for the film, and the thing is, the film is now it's 15 minutes long, and very close to the uh, ending of, I mean, the editing time. This scene was still 15 minutes long, because there's simply so many aspects to sure. bring in to that scene. Um, another aspect that. Uh, was kept out completely is the issue of China because this tells the story of how a military regime started to uh, voluntarily basically to make democratic reforms and gradually opened up the country, gradually uh, loosened the tight grip on the people um, and not least included their enemy number one, Aung San Suu Kyi, into the political process. Mm. Why did they do that? 
in the film we tell one of the key reasons for that, which is that they needed uh, help from the West. Right. They needed to have the sanctions lifted. But another aspect, another side of the same story is that they were being eaten up by China. As China grew ever stronger, they became, uh, they were simply afraid that with no other friend, China would basically take over the country. So this was one of the reasons why they started opening up. And with the help of the West, they were able to uh, develop, I mean, the West invests in development, whereas China usually invests in infrastructure or right. Uh, some some project that will benefit themselves. It can sometimes benefit the country, but in many cases you get more dependent than you get developed. Mm. Um, and what has happened since uh, Aung San Suu Kyi took power and you thought she came as the West Starling, but as we know with the tragic crisis in Bakhine and with the Rohingya's uh, uh, persecution, uh, the West it's actually more herself that turned away from the West than the West turned away from her. And what happens today is that her new friend is China. Mm. And she lets China uh, invest heavily in the country. And she's, there are really people that fear how Burma will, or Myanmar will become simply um, a vessel state for China. Do you think... Do so you that's think one aspect. Yeah, no, that's really fascinating. Karen, do you think that Aung San Suu Kyi has, has turned away from the West, as you say, towards China, um, because she feels misunderstood? I mean, is that a, is that kind of, I mean, that's a bit of an oversimplification, obviously. It's a very complicated issue, and, and, and as you say, long road to democracy I, at the beginning of the film, and that's clearly a thread throughout. But yeah, it's fascinating that, that, that she's sort of turned one way to another country that's going to ultimately benefit the country, I suppose, more in the long run, or at least that's oh, how she feels today. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't know if I would, yes, misunderstood, but I think in the way I know her as a character, she's more offended. She doesn't like to be criticized. Mm. Uh, she's stubborn. So she uh, she is not the one to come with an apology for her country's policies. And China doesn't need that. They, they couldn't care less about democracy or human rights, so it's perfect. Um, I mean, I'm putting it in, in cynical terms, sure. but it's it's not that far from from reality. Uh, I know of uh, of Western diplomats that say if only it would take so little for her to admit that things went out of control, that things haven't been handled in the perfect way in order for the West to be able to keep engaging with, with, with Myanmar. But it's very difficult for, for the West as well that, uh, of course, are there with some values of uh, democratic standards and uh, human right values, that it's very difficult to support the country as such in the situation and the, and the leadership that doesn't want to apologize for 900,000 mm. people fleeing their country and more than 10,000. Uh, killed. It's a very delicate situation, and she had she has had any every opportunity in the world to to reach out the hand, and she wouldn't have to do much, and then she would get the help from the West. It seems, but so, it's not what she wants. Well, and it's and it seems so, and I think this comes out in the film to me certainly, and I know a bit about what's been going on there. I followed it to some degree, but obviously very complicated, and so many cross cultural issues, and so on, and. 
I thought it was really interesting too how you bring into the film near the end of the film this conversation about you know just this this assumption that democracy can work anywhere in the world uh, is 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 a bit of a fallacy. This idea that, that what we think right. works here can work you know there wherever there has to, happens to be. It's it's so much more uh, nuanced and there's history and and and, and uh, there's just there's just so many factors at play. Absolutely. And I don't think it's so much that democracy cannot work anywhere in the world, because I think it can. If you if you narrow it down, democracy is about letting the people decide. And I think it's a universal need and wish for people. But democracy is much more complex than saying we have to install uh, an election. Um, It's not just to go and vote. And you have a country that has been uh, uh, dominated by a military regime for 50 years mm-hmm. that goes into every aspect of society. And you have also had 70 years of armed conflict. It's a fragile state. And in order to start building a democracy, you have to go much deeper into those structures. And not only in the state structures, but just as much in people's mentalities. And I think that's what we need to recognize from the from the Western side, that when you ta- talk democracy in in third world countries or in authoritarian regimes, it's really a long journey. And that's in the film, we have this uh, closing scene where the Aung San Suu Kyi's ambassador to the UN breaks down crying mm. because he's taking all this criticism mm-hmm. from the entire uh, world society. And I understand why the the world is criticizing. There's nothing factually wrong in all of that criticism, and of course, it's you you stand on the right side of history when you pronounce those words, because of course you have to stand up for people that have been committed to a genocide. But do you take one step back? If you dare to look at some of the complexities of this, you see that it's not so simple, and that by simply crucifying that guy you 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 have a guy that stepped out of the darkness after 50 years he doesn't know how to um to behave in the on the international stage and of course here he's the he's uh, the representation of a of a nation that simply doesn't know how to act on the world state how to be a democracy um and not to defend uh, a genocide it's very interesting when you allow yourself to be an observer for a moment and look at this as a school class where everybody decided who's the bad guy in class and how can that guy ever stand up and do it better when he's already been judged in that way? Mm. No chance. Um, so it's delicate. And I know I've been also, I've been met with some reactions uh, from people that think I do not criticize. Oh, right. Aung San Suu Kyi. Uh, uh, enough, for instance, for instance, and also that I'm not taking a clear enough stand, that I'm not standing enough up for the Rohingyas. And to that, I will say, I think, I think first of all, I'm I'm doing it. I think there's no doubt where I stand. On, of course, we should. Of course, it's wrong. If, of course, it's terrible what's happening. It's a tragedy. But from that on, I think it's too simple to just keep stating that. If we want to do more, if we want to go deeper, we have to do the much more dangerous exercise that is to start understanding how this could happen. And that means also starting to dare understand the people that have been in charge in this situation. And it means 
it doesn't mean that you defend them when you start trying to explain how they may think. But it's, of course, what can uh, be difficult is when it, when it starts to look like you it, make it look as if it could happen to anybody. But it's also maybe the most important part is in this film, I also talked to the military dictators that were in, in, uh, in power for 50 years. Absolutely the bad guys. And we get to understand a bit how they are thinking and we mm, get to meet mm-hmm. them as human beings. And I believe that is what you need to do in order to ever be able to change such a regime, to change governmental decisions and to make sure these things never happen again. If you don't dare to put yourself there, how could you ever understand what it would take to do it differently? No, it's a, as it's long a... as you're just screaming from one side of the camp and saying this is wrong, you're not going to change anything. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I really, I really appreciate where you're going with that, and I think it for me. I haven't read those criticisms uh, um, uh, about your film. I, I, I've really quite. I tried to stay away from any reviews until <laughs> until you you and I <laughs> had chatted. I, I typically try to do that for most of my interviews and my conversations on face to face. But but I think I think it is clear to me where you stand as a filmmaker. But I think you've you've left it kind of for us to decide to some degree. I think on. On a certain level, you know, if the reports are right, and they certainly uh, seem to be, and, and uh, the international community is in agreement, yeah, of course we're going to say this is an outrage, this is an atrocity, this is a these are human rights violations of of, of an epic uh, proportion, this is genocide, etc. But but a better uh, or the, the better conversation is to go deeper and to say how how did it happen, and and now what can be done? What is you know what is this long road to democracy, and what does it look like? You know, right. you 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 hmm. so sort of quickly point out at the beginning of the film that you know on this road bef- before before the tragedy there was hope, and and I kind of wonder if right. if if that's been kind of shattered a little bit not only within the international community oh you know there's no hope for Myanmar there's no hope for Burma uh, has that also taken hold in the country itself um, I, and I think I think uh, yeah that's to to me that's a a significant observation. Absolutely. And that's exactly what happened. This crisis has captured every other aspect of development and democratization of the country that was underway. Uh, and it's become, uh, the, the country is so dependent also on the support. I mean, it, financially, you need, uh, it's one of the success of the previous government that they were able to attract uh, investments from abroad it's so crucial for one of the poorest uh, countries in the world to attract investments and to be able to develop the country financially. Um, and that's, of course, uh, one of the reactions to the crisis that investors are fleeing, uh, donors are fleeing. And that means to every aspect, you have very good development projects that are losing donors because nobody will touch Myanmar due to the crisis, which is, again, a logical um, mm-hmm. uh uh, it's logical what's happening, but of course, it's it's this crisis has captured the country's entire development and democratization process. You you bring out um, in the in maybe halfway through the film, and and I I think it's remarkable the access you got to the people that are in the film. I'd love to hear Thank about you. that. I'd love to hear more about that. But can you talk a bit about the interview with Aung San Suu Kyi, where you? She she basically says nobody trusts anyone anymore, and this this right. lack this lack of trust has seeped into our very bones. I think was the line. That that's 
Yeah, fascinating exactly. to me. I mean, and I've 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 done a fair bit of work in 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 Cambodia, for instance, and uh, over the years I've been traveling to the country and working there on a development level, and and as most of my listeners will know, but 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 lack of trust in in that culture, and I and you could say about any culture, I suppose, uh, people don't necessarily right. trust people they don't know, and so on, and 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 but but there was there was a, there was almost a palpable lack of trust and i connect it back through their culture right. and i've done some reading on it and conversations with locals and it's about the khmer rouge and it's civil war and it's all kind of connected but no one can really put their finger on it if you know what i mean it's just it's a right. part, it's a part of the culture and i wondered if if that is hmm is that one of the threads one of the many complicated threads that is burma that is myanmar Absolutely. And I think that uh, goes with the fact that it was a military regime for 50 years. Right. She, and I think she really puts it well. Uh, she says this, like you just said, nobody trusts anybody. Nobody uh, knows who's informing on whom. Right. right. You always have to be careful. And exactly that. It's, and I would say, <laughs> coming from Denmark, which has been, uh, which is called the, the country in the world with, where people trust each other the most and where people when I am abroad, laugh of me because I would uh, trust people with anything. Um, <laughs> I, it it can be. It's taken a while for me to understand what it actually means to be surveilled, to know that people are looking at you, that they are um, looking after you, and that they are um, they're tapping into your cell phone, and they right. um, anything can be suspected. Um, and I must say somehow I came, I think I came rather naive, both as, uh, on every level, actually. Uh, the world called this uh, democratization a miracle back in 2011 and 12, uh, and up until 15, actually. And I jumped into that trap as well, thinking, ah, fantastic, uh, a military regime that finally sees their own shortcomings and wants to democratize. Right. And of course, the, the story is not that simple. Of course, uh, there were much more cynical and calculated uh, reasoning behind this decision. Um, and uh, you asked about the access also. That's, again, I was given... The main character of my previous film went to Oxford with Aung San Suu Kyi. Okay. He was also a diplomat uh, on, on behalf of the EU dealing with Myanmar. Uh, and he was part of negotiating with the military regime in order for them to lift, uh, for EU to lift the sanctions. And while I was making the film with him, I kept hearing those stories mm. uh, from him. I was even present at some point when he received a phone call from Aung San Suu Kyi. So I got vicariously very, very interested. And was... then when the film was finished, sorry? No, no, go ahead. Uh, this, the other film called The Agreement, it was selected for Human Rights Film Festival in mm. Burma. And that made him say, whoa, who would have thought, why don't you make the film about Aung San Suu Kyi's presidential election? Um, and he would introduce me to her for the first time. So I would have a meeting set up by him. And he would introduce me also to some of the people on the military side. So I thought I had a relatively good uh, starting point, which I had, but it didn't mean that the way from there and until having these people participate in the film 
wasn't very, very, very long and full of bumps in the road. I bet. Because exactly that, nobody trusts anybody. Oh, I can't. So I can't well, this is what like, I, there's, there's one, <laughs> there's one interview and, I, and it's near the end of the film and there's a, a window in the back and there's a, 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 a curtain, a, a, you know, kind of a translucent curtain and somebody walks by in the background and I, I couldn't help but smile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thinking. somebody! Somebody's Who's listening in. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody's out there. They got the parabolic microphone. They're checking in on them. Absolutely. I mean, there was one interview we were given. Um, we were given by one of the really top ex leaders in in the military regime. And when we arrived to put out our camera, another crew arrived to film what we were going to film. Oh, you're, you're oh. a little puzzled, and somebody, and somebody said, "I asked who are these people," and they said something like, "Information service." Ah, like, the ministry, hmm, the ministry of information. They didn't say specifically who who <laughs> yeah. they were. They wouldn't specify. Then, at some point, I don't remember exactly which words they used, but it was there were a lot of assistants running around uh, while we were setting up, and they said. I don't remember if that was the word they used, but it was something in the order of saying, the master wants to speak with you. Mm. And I was like, whoa, uh, okay. Uh, and then I was taken to another room to meet the participant of the, of the film, of the interview, before the interview itself. And there he said, really firmly asked me, why are you here? And why are you making this film? And... Uh, at least this gave me a chance to kind of defend myself and explain why I was there. And I said, I'm here because nobody ever listened to this side of the story before. Mm. Many people in the West listened to Aung San Suu Kyi, but they never asked the questions and listened to the other side. Uh, and as you're going through, since you decided to democratize, you all stepped down from the military regime. Uh, there's a lot uh, to... Um, to praise from that uh, decision, and I would really like to hear your perspective. And you could tell that he was happy with that explanation, and then he ordered the other camera team out. Oh, wow, that's and fascinating. And then people yeah, dared to tell us that this was Secret Service police. And they were now angry that he had ordered them out, but now he wanted to set the rules for this interview. <laughs> um, so... And what happened next day, we have this, we conduct this interview. He seemed super happy about it. It's big smiles and handshakes and thank you very much when we leave and let's meet again soon and continue some filming. Next day, my people are blocked from calling his people. And I'm like, but how, how can this be? There must be a mistake. I just looked that man in the eye. He was so happy to participate. And uh, I asked my um, Burmese partners, to find another way to get to him. And you can tell they know more than me. They understand this much better than me. So they're looking a little down and I'm saying, no, I know he wants to participate. I talked to him. I looked him in the eye, mm -hmm. get to him somehow. And then they do what I say because they don't dare to, to it's a, again, a Burmese style. You don't say things as directly. That's as, right. Sure. We do. So they don't, they don't answer me back. In, they actually do what I'm asking them to do and they get to him and then finally they can deliver the answer directly from him saying he doesn't have more time. Mm. And I'm so shocked because 
what is it I don't get? The polite, I don't the, the polite, the, the don't polite or the not, the yeah, the polite or the not so polite brush yeah. off. Yeah. No, you know, it's yeah. interesting. I, you know, you don't want to stereotype and, but, but there is something about that, um, idea behind saving face and, 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 um, you know, I've often, it's, it's the polite, yeah, it's the polite brush off. Yep. Wonderful, big smile, wonderful handshake. And then, and then it's yeah. interesting that you were blocked. That's fat. That's fascinating. Um, um, and do you think you, you, do you think you got from these ex-military leaders? And again, it's remarkable, the access, but do you think you got the real answers? Did you, were you able to sort of drill down as they say, and, and, and peel back some of those layers? I think, uh, I think I got much more than I would have expected because mm-hmm. of course I didn't expect anyone to break down crying and confess and saying, I did wrong things in my past. I was part of um, conducting uh, terrible atrocities and gunning the people down on the streets and keeping the people in a tight grip. I shouldn't have done that. I didn't expect any of that. Uh, But what I feel I did get was uh, since they were explaining how and why they did things, I got an insight in their way of thinking. Mm. And I think it's in the small details that you get that logic. It's in the way when they say, um, uh, we removed everybody from the blacklist, whether we like them or not. Right. It, they're so proud of saying this, which to me reveals, first of all, you had a blacklist. Right. And second of all, uh, you, you used to think that you could put anyone on that blacklist. You had the power to do so not for any reason that belonged to a uh, rule of law, but simply according to your whim. So to me, all of these details, all of the way they're telling things reveal how they're used to thinking, how they're trying to change things. And, and it goes for, for, for all of them. And that said, I would say this one other thing that happens, one of the privileges of being a documentary filmmaker is that when you finally sit in that room, when you spend years and years on trying to access the highest level and get to the amongst the five top leaders in the military regime and you sit in that room with them, then I'm not there with any agenda but getting them mm-hmm. to talk. Sure. I don't even have a commissioning editor. I mean, I, I do have, but it's, it's at such an arm's length that they are not, I'm not told you have to come out of that conversation and have this and that answer. I'm not there as a state with any, uh, I'm not even there with an NGO to try to persuade them to live up to certain right. standards. It's simply to try to understand their mindset. And I think that creates something very, very unique. And I have the feeling several times I were told in the beginning of an interview that this will give you, uh, you will have 15 million backs. And in the end, it was more than one hour and 15 minutes. Right. And I think it's simply because in that situation, it it almost creates some space for them as well that they're not used to having, not used oh, to talking absolutely. about things. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't. Way. I wouldn't think that they get that kind of opportunity, or uh, and if they do, the 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 tendency would be to say no, would would to be to to shut it down before it even it's started. A, so exactly, so I, yeah. I wonder. I mean, what's what? What are your thoughts on the whole notion of power corrupting and? 
and and um, authenticity and transparency and leadership and and um, you know I, I thought it was really interesting. I love the the twenty lane highway or road that you know you you use in the film and that the metaphor of that is is quite interesting and brilliant. To me. <laughs> yeah. But near the end of the film, as you're driving away, and I for that ex military leader who's quite humorous, by the way, he's got a great laugh. I can't remember his name. Yeah, off the he's, top of my yeah. Head. But but pointing yeah. out where all the mansions are. And, and, and just, you know, just highlighting that gap, that, that breakdown, that dysfunction of, of many governments, most governments, I suppose, between, right. you know, people yeah. at the top and sort of people at the bottom. So, so yeah, I'm just wondering, and, and I guess maybe the question is in Aung San Suu Kyi's case, has power corrupted or, or is she really in this for you know is she is she willing to hmm, give something up today in order for history to look back and say you know what maybe she made some of the decisions she made were not as crazy as as we thought i i i think if you talk about in in general terms to power corrupt people i think to a certain extent absolutely but what i find more interesting is basically the real difficult compromises you have to take when you're in power. Right. And it's the one that also often uh, puts a distance to the to the the people and it's a real real dilemma in democracies I'd say because it the answers you have to give when you lead a government are unfortunately not as simple as when you are uh, election campaigning. Right. Or if you are the people um demanding certain uh, issues, sometimes they come down to single and simple decisions, but it's so rare. And any of these decisions go into a much bigger pattern of um, of ruling a state on every level. And, and that is what I find the most interesting. And then what do you do when you have to take some of these very difficult decisions? And it's Often it's about compromise. It's about dealing with other parties. Um, and when I say parties, I don't mean political parties. It's dealing with the international community. It's right. dealing with um, uh, political opponents. It's dealing with your administrations and so on and so forth. And in those complicated political processes, compromises have to be made. And it's part of it. You shouldn't go out proudly and say, I got everything through. It means you were the dictator. You have to make a compromise. Otherwise, you don't let democracy happen inside the state, inside the uh, the room of power. So, of course, that can give a distance to the ones you're supposed to represent. But at the same time, I believe if you're sincerely trying to find the better solution, this is the way power must unfold. But of course, it's also it's also um, tainted by personal interest and corruption and so on. So we have a. It's difficult this that some decisions have to be taken behind closed doors, because you don't know what happens in. Mm. And it's a real dilemma, and it's a real difficult dilemma that I think we need in all our democracies that are under heavy pressure today, not least from uh, simple demands. Uh, for for the people's voices, uh, which I believe is a real um, challenge for our democracies. I think we need to go much deeper into this and understand 
how does it work? How does democracy really work? Well, I think, you know, when Karen, it comes I, to an, yeah, okay. well, Karen, I was going to say one of the things, you know, and I think the, the metaphor, I think, of storytelling and document, uh, documentary filmmaking, and, and you must know this well, but there's so many layers, right? So here's this film about Burma. It's on the inside. It's, it's about the military and so on. It's about international response. But when you start to unpack it and you start having a conversation like we're having, you start to see the connections to the, the complexities, right. the difficulties, yeah. the nuances to all of this. And so for, I mean, one, yeah, of the, yeah. one of the takeaways for me is to say as, you know, from the West to say that I can just take me as in the West, I can just go in and say, wow, what you need is democracy. What you need is my version of democracy. And right. I think slowly, yeah, yeah, yeah. slowly we're learning that this is just not the case. And it, you know, it does, yeah, it, <laughs> it doesn't work across yeah. the board, you know, and, and it's about right. context and it's about listening and it's Absolutely. about others yeah. and so on. So I just, Hey, I'm, I guess I'm saying all that to congratulate you too on a really layered film and, and, and a complex, uh, oh, thank uh, you. yeah, I mean, such a, such a mess really in some respects, isn't it? It's, it's, uh, it's such a difficult thing to, to, to know, you know, what, what, what is next, you know, how, how do, how does somebody get involved? Like what's the call to action here for a Canadian 21 uh, year old who's doing a degree in political science, you know, how, how does, how do we get to that person? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me, we're going to have to wrap it up here in a couple minutes, but Aung San Suu Kyi, do you think she said yes partially because she wanted the opportunity to, to, to not to apologize, as you said earlier, because of, uh, you know, I think you called her stubborn as well, but um, <laughs> to actually sort of give her side, give her take a little bit to say, hey, this is, uh, this is way messier than you think. Uh, to be honest, I think Aung San Suu Kyi, uh participated simply because I was amongst close connections to her. Mm. As simple as that. And then of course when I met her, uh we we build a, a, a some sort of trustful sure, relationship sure. uh for a while. Um but I believe the in this film where I really got close to her is actually not so much directly from her because she has this presidential almost royal thing around her right I bet. Uh, and um but her the guy you just mentioned called Wintane, which is her very very close associate he he speaks in the film really uh frankly and truly about how she has uh, how she thinks how she operates yes. which situation she's in uh, and he's been really really close to her all the way through so i feel Thanks to him, I felt I got much closer to her than I actually did by having some direct access to her. Do you think? Do you think? But Karen, of course, the combination is. Uh, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, do you think? Do you think she'll be, she would be happy with the film on a certain level? I I think so. We tried our best to to get it to her, um, and she, we invited her for. But um, I think a state councillor's uh, agenda these days is pretty packed. So I'm not sure she has watched it yet. But everybody that saw it in Myanmar says she will be very happy about this film because I think it gives some layers of explanations of her situation uh, that are often cut out in the, in, in the media uh, when you have to give short headlines. Um, but I think one, just one last thing about mm -hmm. this with her in power. 
I'm not so sure she actually got corrupted by power. I think we as the West never saw who she was as a person. Mm. I think we put her on a pedestal and called her a saint. While she was always, and she didn't claim to be otherwise, a politician. Um, a much more strategic and even cynical uh, political player than we would had imagined. Because hmm. it looks so pretty when you're just there in house arrest and don't take any compromises. Right. Um, yeah. And as soon point. as she enter power, uh, you start seeing her real face. And that's there even before this Rakhine crisis and the way she's been acting in that crisis. Um, so I'm, I tend to say that I think she was n- never the person we thought she was. Mm. But if you put all the elements into the situation and start understanding why she ended up where she did and all the dynamics of what happened around her and um, well and her history the context, and, her, and her family and how how exactly how, and the, and i mean that, that, that's, that was new for me if you put all those things into the picture i think she's not uh, the devil she's being uh, crucified for being these days either it doesn't mean i defend her i absolutely think she deserves a lot of criticism, but I think the picture was never as simple, neither before nor after this crisis. Well, what a fascinating film and, and a conversation that I, I wish we could could continue, Karen. Th- I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate your time today, and I, I wish you well. You've got a few more showings at Hot Docs. I trust that your Q&As will continue to be you know, uh, engaging and interesting and will hopefully g- get people to, to the next level. I mean, you know, having worked in development for years, I mean, I, I definitely go into these uh, uh, situations, these types of films, these types of stories with a sort of an understanding that says, wow, it's there's way more going on here than meets the eye. But, but you know, the way you end the film, 900,000 refugees and 10,000 people um, at least 10,000 people dead and, and the, the atrocities that are being committed. It just, where, where do you go? You know, what is it about sanctions? Is it, you know, it, it seems at a certain level, there's only a political answer. Um, uh, you know, right. and there, there's obviously there's conversations we can continue to have and hopefully others will make films like yours and, and keep it going. But there's a, there is a part of you that kind of wonders, wow, how, how can I, how can I make a difference here? You know? Right, absolutely, yeah. It's, it's, if you were to engage in in from the Western perspective in Burma, you mean, or yeah, or 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 as a, as even as somebody you know a student stepping into this story for the first time and saying that, right and being and yeah, being, yeah. and being outraged by the yeah. by the situation and saying now now what and I think I think really this the, the the call to action is to get a better understanding of what's going on and 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 to reach out to people who are on the inside right. as you have done yeah. and and try to understand yeah. the conversation yeah. and the issues and and then go from there that's that's yeah it's uh it's a it's a crazy uh, it is a crazy beautiful world we live in isn't it I think so yeah Karen, thank, thank you for your time today. We've been talking with Karen Stokendahl-Pulson about her new film, On the Inside of a Military Dictatorship. You can see it at Hot Docs now, and um, stay tuned. Thank, thanks, Karen, for, for your time today. Yeah, thank you so much for talking to me. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.